Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield talking to you from the Convention Hall in New Orleans where Commodity Classic 2022 is getting underway. And you can guarantee the water cooler talk is going to be about these markets from volatility to outside influences to really wondering what's going to happen with planting intentions as we get closer to the planting season here in the United States. Weather's going to play a factor. Dollar's going to play a factor. Input costs are definitely going to be playing a factor. And then add to it, uh, the president today saying Russia and imports of oil, putting a stop to that. How's that going to have an effect on agriculture? Lots to look at today as Darren Fry joins us with Water Street Solutions. And it definitely makes for an interesting day when we have the volatility that we saw today in the marketplace. Oh, man, Susan, it has been all over the board. And we've seen crude run from a few dollars higher all the way to 10 bucks higher. And now it's sitting around 380 higher. So just a lot of volatility, but not to be outdone by Chicago wheat because we were limited down for a good chunk of the day. And then all of a sudden we rallied up to 55 higher and then closed about 10 lower on the day. So lots of volatility here to go around, a lot of uncertainty. And really, people are trying to figure out directions here in these markets. Well, let's look at that wheat market because you have seen consecutive days of limit up action and they kept expanding the limit and expanding the limit. It looks like we finally kind of hit that point where we couldn't break through. But to see the volatility that we saw in the wheat market, just proving how crazy this world is right now. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, we did go to expanded limits. And so those are a dollar thirty. And to give you an example and all the listeners, you know, our high today was 1363 and a half in Chicago and the low was 1164. So, you know, basically uh, a $2 range and, uh, you know, from, from higher in the overnight where we gapped up to limit down and then closing somewhere in between. So I, I do think that these expanded limits are going to allow people to breathe and get out. And then the trade will resume, which I think is to the upside, you know, unless somehow we, we settle this thing quickly and get all the ports open again and know we can harvest wheat in Ukraine, uh, the Russian wheat's going to be off the market here, it sounds like. And, and because of that, I think wheat's got more upside to it. So do we see, um, I mean, obviously there's going to be winners and losers in everything that we're seeing in this market trade today. But are we going to continue to see um, China, for example, taking advantage, shall we say, of what's going on in Russia and Ukraine and, and making some grain purchases? But could the U.S. be some winner in that, in the fact that they're going to be buying grain from us? Well, I would think they'd have to be getting some grain from us. Obviously, we know they're buying beans. That's been going on for some time. But uh, we haven't seen wheat purchases, corn purchases, those things. But I would think in the, the near future, we'll be seeing that at some point. So, yes, I do think the U.S. farmer will capitalize on this situation. Not something we hope for for other people, all the strike people are going through. But we will be able to maybe have a better export demand for our markets here, especially corn and wheat. All right, I want to talk uh, before we jump into the rest of these commodities, because it's kind of the elephant in the room, and you can almost hear the the sigh of, oh, no. Um, uh, President Biden today put a ban on imports of Russian oil into the U.S. What's this mean for agriculture? <laughs> oh, boy. Well, <laughs> I mean... That's a, that's a huge question, I know, but... Well, I think we're just experiencing, you know, everybody knows we've never seen anything like this, so this is uncharted waters, but... You know, we, we've seen the wheat market really break here with this tremendous move higher. 
and people just stuck. We saw that in the nickel market overnight, some issues around that, and they shut down the trading of nickel because there was such huge margin calls from some companies out of China. Uh, you, you got now the crude oil market that made a high the other night at 130, but you know, my next target's 137 beyond that, 150 in that 150 area. And you know, these, these higher energy prices along with food inflation is going to break the world economy. I mean, there's just no way around it. People can't afford it. People are out of position and we will lead ourselves into a, a huge recession, probably worldwide recession. And uh, and hopefully not more war, right? Because when food is scarce and people can't get it, that is what people fight about. Not not so much energy and other things, but food is critical, as we all know, for survival. So um, we got some dynamic situations. I don't think anybody knows what's going to happen, but things are going to get worse before they get better, in my opinion. So let's look at the opposite side of that coin. He says no oil imports coming out of Russia. Isn't this a chance for, for agriculture to step in, up and say, Mr. President, we've been asking for E15 year-round. Here's our chance for agriculture to step in and help? Yeah, you know, I don't know what will happen with that because some of the, the, the people that lobby against ethanol say that's why our food prices are higher. We're grinding it for fuel. But uh, I do think it's an opportunity for ethanol. I also think that you know, banning those imports, we've gotten to rely on their oil, 590,000 barrels a day out of Russia. Uh, you just can't just replace that overnight. And I don't know if that means that fracking and other things come back in. I know that this administration isn't big on pipelines and, and bringing some of those resources back into play, but something's going to have to supply the needs of the American people on the energy side. Uh, now that we're without those barrels of oil and it is an opportunity for green fuels like renewable energy such as ethanol and biodiesel so obviously you know you talk about that how how they're blaming corn they're blaming everything else but i'm thinking why what an opportunity for agriculture to kind of wave that flag to say hey let's help out and and it's going to make i think like you said some some interesting opportunities down the road i i agree i i think it's a big deal for for ag and and we can come to the rescue of some of these things because, you know, people need to eat and they need uh, energy, obviously, and uh, agriculture is all about those two things. All right. Well, stick around, folks. We've got a lot more to look at when we come back with the second half. Just around the corner with the Fontenelle Final Bell, you know, I think if I got my calendar dates right, we've got a report coming out tomorrow. We'll talk a little bit about what's happening in other areas of these markets. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell. I'm the world. At Fontenelle Hybrids, we understand there could be some tough decisions this spring when choosing seed for your farm. Fontenelle still has a good selection of Extendflex soybeans with triple stack tolerance to dicamba, glyphosate, and glufosinate to handle your toughest weeds. Contact your local Fontenelle dealer about Extendflex soybeans and ask about our locally proven corn hybrids too. Always follow IRM, grain marketing, and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directly.com. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. As we continue here from Commodity Classic, we are, of course, talking with Darren Fry from Water Street Solutions. And I joked before we left for commercial break that there might be a report out tomorrow, and it is the WASD report. And I think everything, it puts it in a nutshell, Darren, that there's so much happening in the world that we kind of forget that things are still on a clock and normal when it comes to, to these markets. And that's, that's a WASD report. And it sounds like there could be some interesting numbers coming out tomorrow. 
Yeah, that's right, Susan. I mean, <laughs> with everything going on, um, you know, weather forecasts and wiser reports have kind of gone to the backside as people read the headlines and none of that matters, it seems right now. But tomorrow's report could be impactful. We don't know how much the USDA is going to write down, but trade estimates are for our carryouts to reduced in corn, about 100 million bushels down in soybeans, about 50 million bushels down to that 273 mark, wheat about 20 million. So, you know, we end up being around those estimates, not a big mover of the market, but hey, if they reduce it more or something like that, that could add to the bullish fuel here in the markets. I think the big things will be what do they do with Brazil uh, soybeans more so than corn? And right now they got to mark down about 6 million is the average trade gas, 6 million metric tons. And I think that will be one to watch. Also, what does our world carryout look like? Soybeans coming down to that 88 mark, pretty tight and uh, not a problem if we grow a big crop here and a big crop in South America. But that's a lot more snug than we thought a few months back when we were closer to 100 million metric tons. So as you look at everything that is happening, the WASDE report tomorrow, um, we've got a planning attentions report that's really just around the corner. Is patience the key thing that we need to be thinking about as a, as a producer, as somebody who is trading these markets as we look at what's going on? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, the... The biggest things that keeps us from winning when it comes to hedging or spec trading or any of those things is is our own self-doubt, our, our egos get in the way, ego and self-doubt, big deal, and greed and fear. And so I think just stepping back and managing those and having patience, you know, right now for the producer producing corn, beans, and wheat, hey, the seasonals are up. This is a strong seasonal into May, June, and we don't have the best start out west with the dry weather, but then out east, we're a little bit too wet. So I think time is on that producer side to just hit the brakes on sales and let's see how the dust, the dust settles here as we move toward May and June. For a livestock producer, though, I think they need to extend their coverage. They need to get stuff booked out through August. I think there's a lot more risk to the upside than the downside right now in this strong seasonal and i think that for the livestock producer covering some feed needs would be essential so looking at that uh and in talking with some producers and i'm anxious here at commodity classic to have more of these conversations but i've been hearing from guys in oklahoma and kansas that they're they're selling cows they're selling some of these brood mamas because they're not going to have the feed stuff to make it through the summer well it's kind of what you and i talked about a year ago you know with the cow calf um, mamas and, and their their pairs being liquidated and and you know I think we're going to get into that. We know that the wheat uh, is in terrible condition. There's good to excellent rains that are lowest I've ever seen in my career. And as you look at what will be available for them as hay acres are down um, and, and just what there will be for food, um, it's slim pickings. And so I really do think that we got a challenge here, short term. If liquidation starts on the cattle side, but longer term, that is super bullish for the beef industry down the road, you know, 9, 12, even 18 months. So over the last two weeks, people have brought up the term a broken market, um, things not working like they should, trades not happening like they should because of the unrest in the world. What's your thoughts? Is this market system broken at the moment or are we starting to find our way back to uh, the trading norm? Well, I mean, when people talk about a broken market, it, it's like something that's not operating correctly. Like my car is broke. Well, what's wrong with it? 
well, it needs an alternator or starter or whatever. And I think with these markets, what we're referring to, or at least what I refer to when I think about a broken market, is we don't have the pits at the Chicago Mercantile Exchange, the Chicago Board of Trade anymore. Everything is done through the screen. You don't have market makers willing to step in and make a market. So it makes the option trade very difficult. And uh, some of these platforms have shut down all option trading. Some of the platforms have even shut down any corn or wheat futures trading. And as a result, you know, you just have thinner and thinner markets, less liquidity. And that's why a market gets broke, as well as you just have too many people in a wrong position with no exit door. So it's like this big stadium. Everybody's trying to get out. It's on fire. And there's a little three-foot-wide door for everybody to come through. And that's just a broken exit system. Great explanation. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Darren? Well, they can always look me up on Twitter at Fry, F-R-Y-E underscore W-S-S, or give us a call at our toll-free number here in Peoria at 866-249-2528. And that has been today's Fontenelle Final Bell. As a reminder to folks, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss that aren't suitable to all investors. Pick this up as a podcast at RuralRadioNetwork.com, wherever you subscribe, Spotify and Apple and iTunes as well. That's the Fontenelle Final Bell, brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the Rural Radio.